Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, and every Friday in uh, the 4 o'clock hour, we are joined by NFL Hall of Famer John McClain. John McClain is presented by the fine folks over at Horn Solutions. John, how you doing, bud? Hey, guys, I'm doing great, and I hope you are too. Absolutely. Yeah, by, baby. By, by the way, everybody out there listening, if you're listening on the Odyssey app, uh, we greatly appreciate you. If not, I uh, want to encourage everybody out there to download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, uh, download the Odyssey app, and you can catch NFL Hall of Famers like John McClain joining the drive right here on Sports Radio 610. John, we've got uh, we got a little, I don't know if it's breaking news or not, but it's it's a it's a report with sources, man. It's a report with sources. D'Amico Ryan is now nationally considered uh, the front runner for the Texans job when we woke, I mean, te- Texans head coach job when we woke up this morning, man. What's your thoughts on, on that report? NFL uh, media said D'Amico is a leading contender. He's not a leading contender. He's the leading contender. And NFL media also said he could be hired next week. Well, you know what? He could not be, too, because if he wins on Sunday, he can't be hired next week. He can be interviewed, but he can't be hired. And so uh, I wrote a column. It's on SportsRadio610.com explaining all this and also how they don't want to get into a bidding war with the Walmart money in Denver. Sources say the Broncos have targeted D'Amico as well. Rob Walton, that new um, controlling owners worth $60 billion. They want to make a splash. And I think Sean Payton's a splash. D'Amico's a splash here because everybody wants him so bad, fans and media. And he, the meeting they had last Friday lasted into the night. Uh, I talked to people on both sides, and both sides said it went great. D'Amico's got close ties here. He and his wife were married here. She's from here. He's got a building a house here. He started a home for wayward kids uh, during the pandemic here. So it just seems to be such a natural, natural fit. But on the other hand, you know, the McNairs spend a lot of money. But, boy, if the Walmart – I wrote at the end of that, Walmart's motto – is about saving money, so hopefully they'll carry that motto over into their decision on their head coach and think about saving money because it's best for the customer. John, you talked about that from an ownership perspective, and I, I think that's a big part of it, right? With, with when you're talking sixty billion and, and new in the new in the in the NFL game from an ownership perspective, got an organization that you've got a bunch of money invested in a quarterback. You, you've got to make you, you ideally even for 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 business reasons for for uh, you know. Uh, money makes sense. Is that what they say? Um, he's got to. They got to make that that um, Russell Wilson thing work. Um, for, from an ownership perspective, that makes sense. Can you talk a little bit about the two different situations and why one may be more appealing than the other? Well, the Texans are more appealing by far. Now, more and more national people are starting to come around. You know, they didn't have a clue about what happened with the Texans last year. They didn't watch any of their games except maybe the. Philadelphia game, and I think if you see how the Texans regressed and how awful they were on offense, it's pretty easy to find out why they're looking for a new head coach. Now, if D'Amico, the big key is, and he's told to make Nairs and Nick Casario his choices. You have to have multiple choices if they're available, who he would like to hire as an offensive coordinator. 
and if he's going to call the defense. Of course, he plays a 4-3. That'd be a much simpler transition because Casario's been drafting players before 4-3 for two years. So instead of having to get a, an offensive coordinator and play caller in Denver who can make it work with Russell Wilson and fit the system to Wilson, they can play whatever system they want and take advantage here of Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's skill set. And they have all the draft choices, including two number ones. They have picks next year, two number ones, and 10, 11 this year. They got money under the cap. It is a good situation. And McNair's always pay good money. They're paying Cully. They're paying Lovey Smith. They're uh, paying Casario $5 million a year. So it just seems to be a natural fit and, and uh, with D'Amico and the Texans. Now, say he went to Denver. How would they pivot? I know they had a great interview, second interview with Mike Kafka. You know, they still like Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. Both of them have done fabulous jobs with the Eagles defense and offense. So everybody wants it to be Ryan's. And if he's picking it, if the money's close and he's picking it on what they have to offer in the city and his history, I don't know why he would come to the Texans. John McClain with this uh, brought to you by Horn Solutions. John, we, I guess it's not a surprise that the Texans are interested in him. He is arguably the top candidate, especially outside of, of Sean Payton. But uh, do you have any understanding or, or any gauge of what the interest is for D'Amico towards the Texans? Absolutely he's interested for all those reasons I just mentioned about here. Being his like his second home. And uh, knowing the McNairs and all the draft choices, working with Casario, he knows he needs a experienced personnel guy. And Casario's got 22 years. And so, um, and, and the fact that they've got all those uh, connections to Houston, it's just a natural fit. John, you, you mentioned the draft uh, and how Nick Casario's drafted into a, a you know four or four three and and, and it, but you bringing up the draft, it, it, I, I got to ask you about it. And I saw uh, again a report earlier; it was on social media. It, it has it has, in terms. I don't know if it holds water or not, but it, I know it's a possibility. The Chicago Bears draft potentially drafting a quarterback at one and trading uh, Justin Fields in the process. Do, do you do you think that's a possibility and 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 if so how does that how does that impact the Texans absolutely not that was Warren Sapp that came up with that one no uh they're gonna they, now the key with them is do they trade that first pick to say the uh trade Oops. to the Colts or the Panthers but then if they want Jalen Carter or will Anderson they better not get cute because the Cardinals are likely to take one of those guys. And what if they traded that pick to the to the Colts and they went to four, and then the Texans said, you know what, we're going to take Carter Anderson and get the quarterback at 12. So a lot of people are thinking they're going to go ahead and keep that pick, although they will listen to everybody's offers. and uh, But they need help in the defensive line more than anything, and they have two outstanding prospects. I'm curious if they hired D'Amico. You know, he's a defensive coach. He sees Anderson. He sees Carter. Knows the Texans could use both. If he'd like to go out and get a veteran quarterback like, say, Jimmy Garoppolo, who he worked with, and uh, people here, of course, would go crazy 
not wanting him because they want a franchise quarterback. But there's so much still up in the air. But it would be great for the Texans, of course, if uh, the Bears went ahead and took Carter or Anderson. NFL Hall of Famer John McClain joining us on Sports Radio 610, Houston's sports leader. John, one more question with D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, if 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 they win, I know if they lose this weekend, then the the time there is no timeline. The Texans can do whatever the heck they want to do in terms of of D'Amico. But if the 49ers win, he I know they can meet with him next week, Monday. I think it's a four or five day window there that the teams can meet with with any anybody that's any coach that's going to the Super Bowl. But it, it, what can the Texans do? I mean, can, obviously you can't hire him. He's still a, 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 an employee of the of the 49ers, and they'd have to go into the Super Bowl. But but how could they? make a gentleman's handshake of, hey, you're my guy, I'm coming here, commitment. Is there anything like that, or is it just their, their, their word? Oh, there's, there's no way anybody would violate rules in the NFL. They're his agent, Jimmy Sexton, has been around since Reggie White was coming out of Tennessee, and he was Sexton's first client. They know how to reach an agreement with somebody, or and uh, uh, you can talk to them, you can't sign them, but you certainly, if that's your guy, you can tell him he's my guy. And after the Super Bowl, we want to hire him. John, you've been around this organization, these the the, the, the brain trust here. This this hiring process, obviously, just the process feels different. Feels more uh, uh, making sense, so to speak. Legitimate. Legitimate. That's legitimate? a good one. That's a good one. Makes sense. Legitimate over the last two. If you had to attribute one major reason, what do you think is the, the, the number one reason this one feels so much more legitimate? Jack Easterby's no longer involved. Mm. He was the one pushing Josh McCown like crazy last year, which was a fiasco going on while all the Deshaun Watson stuff was there. And uh, I think I think Easterby was pushing David Culley with the idea of a year later trying to get Josh McCown this year. It's all Nick Casario, Cal McNair, and Hannah McNair. They're closely involved, and they do not have a – they haven't had a candidate that we go, what, like they've had the last two years. They've all been legitimate, and that's why it's the best coaching search since they did their search for Bill O'Brien and going back to Gary Kubiak. Who's going to be the next Texans head coach? We'll find out. We'll be at least one step closer after this weekend, and some interviews will take place Next week, we'll find out. John, we got some uh, we got some championship games, man. AFC and NFC championship games uh, this weekend. I, I think the first t- the first game on the docket is the 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, g- give me uh, g- give me something in that ball game that you're keeping an eye on, man. Uh, writing a prediction column right now. I'm seven and three head up, six and four against the spread. I think the Eagles, with their defense, has 70 sacks in regular season, five in the playoff victory over the Giants. That front four is going to get after Brock Purdy in a way he hasn't been gotten after. And I think the Eagles are the best team. they got a great running game. They're so good in their offensive and defensive lines. The best in the NFL on both sides. 49ers, they like to run on the outside, bounce outside. That's been one of the Eagles' weaknesses. But... I just think the 49ers led by Jalen Hurts. I mean, the Eagles led by Jalen Hurts are too good, and I'm picking them by four. All right, what about the other matchup? Uh, what about the AFC I, matchup, uh, Chiefs-Bengals? 
I don't like this Borough Ed Stadium. I think you don't give teams ammunition. That's stupid. Borough They were talking about it. me right off, John. Kansas City's calling it Borough Ed. You know the players don't like it. But the Bengals have beaten them three times when Patrick Mahomes was healthy, all by three points. I think the Bengals are going to win this one, make it four in a row. I'm picking the uh, cheat. I mean, the Bengals by. I don't think it'll be three again because the odd that what are the odds of being four in a row? The spread is one and a half. So I'm going to pick the Bengals by two. How do you think Max Sharping's going to fare up front versus Chris Jones? <laughs> Boy, Max Sharping has done a really good job. Now Burrow's getting the ball getting rid of the ball quicker than he ever has. He also is going to the check downs more over the second half of the year than he had instead of waiting for guys to get open in the secondary. So he's getting rid of the ball quicker. Their running game went from really good to bad to great in the last game. And I think Max, of course, is going to have his hands full. But overall, those three substitutes in the offensive line should be commended for a job well done. It should be. Hey, hey, John. I got a. Uh, we went over some prop bets in this game. I, I don't even people that don't bet. I, I think I, I still think that, that prop bets are fascinating in terms of of when you find a really really good one. And I got to get your take on this one, man. I, I put me I put me a hard earned hundred dollars on on um, AJ Brown having more than four and a half catches. How do you feel about that bet? I think uh, Jalen Hurts is going to spread the ball around. He's the best receiver. He'll get double coverage. But, boy, if he can't get five in a game of this magnitude, something's wrong. So, I like it. I love it, man. Even Johnny likes it. Let's go, baby. Hey, John, um, you're not going to believe what, what show did. Show, show got a, uh, a free weekend, right? The wife and the kids, they, they went up to Kansas City, and Show got a free weekend. I'm by myself, baby. Hey, the first the – fir- I mean, they weren't no more the, – their plane hadn't <laughs> taken off, and he was already making plans going out with that's the fellas. Not, that's not hey, accurate. John, how about this? The week leading up to his wife and kids being gone, I think it's the first week he's been so weekend he's been solo in Houston since he's moved here in three years. I think, if I'm being completely Lopez honest, is accusing of me cheating on my wife. Well, I don't know what you, I don't know what kind of decisions you ended up making, but John, you got to check this out. The week leading up to it, my man walks in here with a new haircut. I'm talking about fresh and a part on the side, right? A brand new pair of Lokes. I mean, glasses with bigger frames, and and boy, they they are they're black. They're black, and as they as they go down, John, they turn to clear. Big big frames. He comes in with new gear on, new Air Force not Air Force ones, new Jordan ones on, and that are about two hundred dollars a pair pair of shoes. And and my man went to the dentist for the first time in nine years, all to get out on the town with Tyler last night. What, what do you think about this? It's a little, it's a little risky, isn't it? It's a little risky, but I'll say this about Ron Hughley. He is the epitome of cool. God, don't. Gosh, John, I mean, I mean, did you? Did John, he, his head's big enough, listen, man. No, I mean, it did was. Did you text him? Did no, you text I didn't. Him that? Listen, man, I, John is a supporter, unlike you two. John is a supporter, it's unbelievable. man. I, mean, you know, I am not the show. It's, it's great. <laughs> Thank you, John. You know, I just wanted, hey, I just, you know, I had some conversations on the air with the fellas. And, you know, I felt like it was some time to do some self-improvement. All right? Well, he came in. I think when your wife gets back, she's going to love it. She might raise an eyebrow at first, but (laughs) you'll make her love it. And she'll be be going out of town more often if she thinks you're going to 
uh, let's say, upgrade to first class again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just yeah, John. By, by the hey, time Courtney, good. by the time Courtney gets back, man, show's gonna be so dehydrated. He's gonna be so tired. Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 I feel good. What's right, he gonna be jogging? <laughs> Not yet jogging. That's that's right. All right, John. Hey, man, we uh, big big shout out to Horn Solutions for making this happen, man. We appreciate you coming on and joining us one more time. It's always fun, guys. I look forward to it next week. Thank you very much, and keep an eye on Show Cool. That's right. Real quick, John. Real quick, John. What you got coming up? What you got coming up with Gallery Sports? I'm working. I've got on SportsRadio610.com. I call them about the Lions and the Texans, and I've got one on Gallery Sports on Bruce Matthews and his induction into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame, and I'm putting up my predictions column in about an hour. Thank you, guys. Great right. job the other night, by the way, introducing him and, and, and not going on too long. Great job, John. Great job. That's John McClain. Good talk, John. Presented by Horn. What do you got Solutions. coming up next, show? What we got coming <laughs> up next? All right. Hey, we hey, we got to sit down uh, with, uh, with Alex Bregman. He sat down with us the other day, and he brought up some conversation about the – I'd say the biggest difference, the biggest difference moving forward next year – for the Astros, and it seems like he's in a good place about it. We'll let you hear about Alex Bregman and what he's got to say about this pitching staff coming up next. Appreciate you, John. We'll talk to you next week. God, I live for that laugh. God, I live for that laugh. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hubley. Oh, boy, Tyler. I wish you could have seen this snack Clint just ate. This was the skinniest banana I've ever seen in my life. That's what she said. I mean, it. it yeah, it is. It is all of that. that. He opened that thing up. That thing was, I mean. I, I don't know how I feel about you sizing up my banana and then and then commenting on it. I'm just saying. I, it, not so just, he unpeeled it and there's a situation where you look at the banana no, and you're you could, like, no, that's you, it? You could tell it was skinny before I unpeeled it. I, well, I didn't see skinny. I didn't see him pull it out. Then when he unpeeled it, it looked like the size <laughs> of, a, of a marker. So that's skinny, but, it, it but how was the length? It was a regular about the length of that marker right there. Uh, yeah, it was even a short one. So no, we're not talking plantain size. No, no, it was. I mean, it was. I had never seen anything like it. It was just a smaller. It's a banana on the smaller side. I mean, yeah, not all bananas can be giant, show. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but when I, I regular, when, I've never seen when, one. When like I that. when I eat a banana, I prefer a smaller banana. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I throw away quarter of the damn banana if it's one of them big big suckers. Really. Yeah. I don't want all that potassium, huh? I despise. Oh, no, I mean, it just it's just a lot. Despise bananas. Why? I don't want to tell you. Oh, oh hell! What? What are you? Jeez. I mean, are you kidding me? It's a, it's a, it's a really. Stu- it's. God, I was hoping this would never. They make, they make you feel bad. Make, they make you feel some kind of way, huh? I was hoping the entire time. Time to share on this show. This would never. I mean, you, out. you're so insecure. You can't in, in your manhood. You can't even eat a banana. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't. All right, I'll t- so like when I was like eight or nine years old. Oh boy, this maybe maybe we just shouldn't put this on air. I don't, I've it's been, about the same time I've you slammed always, into that car. I've always hoped this would never come about. Um, Did you choke on a banana? No. Um, <laughs> my my grandma. It's, it's weird. I never this called her that. More and more. We <laughs> never called her that. Grammy. Ma is what I called her. Ma died. That's what I called my grandparents. But Mug gave me a banana, and for some reason, in my head at seven or eight, I'm gonna skip question. I thought like it's gonna taste like a biscuit. 
the banana was? <laughs> I thought, like, the cut, like the way I looked at it, I saw it. It was unpeeled. I thought, oh, it's going to taste like a biscuit. Like a biscuit you put butter and jelly on? <laughs> yes. I, I don't know why. In my mind, that's I was young, okay? In my mind, I thought it. And I took a bite into Surely it. Surely this tastes like grand. And and that, that was not what I was getting. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I have never, ever tried a banana again. Why did you think it was gonna taste like a damn biscuit? And, and, and then and you then, had wait you hadn't eaten a banana since then. You were like, what? And I didn't like and I didn't like the texture the texture to begin with. My mom hates bananas because the texture. And I and 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 I but I no so I really don't I really don't remember what they taste like. But I've just never been a bananas banana. are good. How about banana pudding? Oh, banana pudding. Man. I don't even know. I don't even know if I, that's fair for me to say that. I just passed. My mother in law like makes you all. I, I, I know your ass I got, would eat some bananas. Some good banana pudding? I, got, I don't think I would. Like, I got, like, yesterday, y'all were talking about that banana, that banana nut bread back there. I was not going to say nothing, but no, I'll mess with it. I went ahead and got me a slice, by the way. Did you? <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, I could see, like. I know, I know. Listen, I know it's stupid, and that's why I hope that I would never well, have no, to but tell the, the stupid story. Part, on here, but. The stupid part is not your story at eight years old. I mean, hell, you were eight. Okay, you didn't. You thought it was a biscuit, and it, and it, uh, it was a banana. Okay, that's, that's pretty rough. And and the best thing is is the sound effects that he makes, that, like like telling the story of himself at eight years old <laughs> is exactly what little show does when he has to do it his is. homework. and it came about again. When I when we had two a days in high school, sure, like it's a, like bananas. Everybody had bananas. Yep. My mom was like, "Here, you got to put together," you know, and so I'm like, "She's like, you need to eat bananas. That's a good thing to put potassium yeah. in your body after y'all between those practices." I was like, "Mom, I don't eat. Bana- I'm not gonna eat them. I'm not. You do too." My mom was swerving down. I don't like sour cream. Yes, you do. And she would just sneak sour cream on stuff. <laughs> you will too eat bananas. I don't eat bananas. No. I'm like, listen, can we just get plums? I think plums can get can have the same effect. Can we just get? I, or in I'll your case, plums. you probably would eat peaches. I'll eat plums. I don't like peaches either. <laughs> I would eat plums. Boy, yeah. I mean, for a 320 pounder, you sure don't, don't like. Lot, I mean, you don't like peaches. Fruit. Peaches oh, don't like peaches. I don't. <laughs> I'm not peaches, damn it. <laughs> Shut up, Caleb. I mean, I I, I can see like I don't there know, was I don't a like, like the first I time I, I the first time I ever ate sushi. Like peaches, Hewley. Like that texture, I can see. It's a little different. My friend, like, not liking a banana because of the. Did you say your mom doesn't like because of the texture? You know, she, yeah, my mom hates like, what's bananas. What's wrong with the texture of a and banana? I think that's she a, wouldn't even pick them up at the grocery store. It's slimy. It's slimy when I have to move it over. I don't. My mom wouldn't even pick the bananas up for us at the grocery store because she didn't want to touch them. It is like I don't. But here's the deal. The, and the, I don't know why I'm saying silly like part. That, the, I've never. I've not had one. That's the silly part. I see it ate where you didn't, but as a grown ass man, you ain't never said. Well, let me see. I mean, I mean, that's kind of a. Just, Every kitchen you walk committed. through has one in it. Yeah, I know. I know. Never committed. I've just committed to it. I don't like. I just can't do. You it. were really thinking about my skinny banana right there. You wanted to taste it, didn't no, you? No, I did not. I did not. I want no piece. No it was not slimy. It. The texture was really. It was actually a really, really I just good don't banana. Like Show doesn't have a lot of girth. Can't ride a bike. Doesn't eat bananas. I'm sorry. Don't like it. Doesn't eat bananas. Doesn't eat peaches. And I know it's for the. Like, and I can consider it nose up at banana pudding and doesn't ride a bike. But what got me off Man, to not eating bananas is the dumbest thing ever, and I can't help it. But I no, just, that's where you're wrong, though. You know, Shel. you know, Scor- you're wrong. You know, you're Scor- wrong. Scor- the makes fact me that tell you that haven't tried a banana since you were eight is what's dumb. That may be too. Don't that don't be true. don't don't be so hard on your eight on the eight year old show. Don't be so hard on your eight you know, year old self. But I say it out loud. <laughs> your, that food said, "Oh, this is a biscuit. Let's taste it." <laughs> <laughs> Peaches, Hewley. 
God to think. Yeah. I get like I like I am thirty eight years old. That was thirty, thirty one years ago. I and you still, still haven't tried a banana. I can still remember that taste in my mouth of what I thought that was gonna be. Like it's coming back in my head. What's right that now. for you? What's that for you, Tyler, that you oh. ate at a, a younger age and were like, I just mm. can't do it. I'd have to think about that one. I, I'm not a real picky eater. My wife is I so am, picky. Like fruit, it's weird. Like I don't like I don't do mine's a, mine's a drink. What? I I got busted on a on a uh screwdriver when I was like I think 13. You can't do vodka and orange juice? The guy is drunk. This day I can't drink. Oh, that's a good one. I like screwdrivers. I like yeah. that, man. A nice brunch. Uh, to, brunch to this, to this day, to this day I, I was drinking them out of a big gulp. Uh, that's about 13 or 14. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Mom. I'm putting a bit of business out there. I don't know where the hell y'all were. But Are gulp. you shitting me? Big nah, gulps, you, huh? Big, big gulp. The old, you remember the big gulp cup? Big gulps, huh? Had the lid Gosh, on it. damn it, man. It was green. We, we washed it so many times that the damn lettering was coming off the side of it. <laughs> passed out in the bathroom. We had one bathroom in the whole house. We had, had a party at the house. Passed out on the bathroom floor. The door locked. Mm. The old screwdriver got and me, boys. Done. Can't go you back. Can't go back. It makes me sick. I, it makes me sick. That's. That, that, I mean, but I get that. That's liquor. You know. I. I, no, I, I can't you, do. I can't do a mimosa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mimosas are good as well. I could probably drink it if I forced. It, like if I got beyond that first drink. But I've just. It's always been one where people that drink screwdrivers, which I hadn't been around too many. It's usually a sign of a pretty, pretty. Pretty established alcoholic, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> that one drink? You ever met somebody that drinks a screwdriver that just drinks every now and then? Screwdriver, uh, orange juice, and vodka? If, if you're an orange juice and vodka cat, you, one time, one time like, I you're had drinking to, when you get up in the morning. <laughs> one time I had to check myself on that. Like, what? I'm like, well, I'm going to. Because like, we had the glasses of mimosas out and everything, but I went, I poured my, my vodka and orange juice in the champagne glass as if I had a mimosa, but that's not what I had. I had Ooh. a screwdriver. Mm. Can yeah. we please at some point in the like, near that's, future that's have you eat a banana on air? No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Why? You I didn't say you necessarily thought it was gross. Want, you just expected me. I'll pick you out a nice you, you doing medium. A, you doing a screwdriver on the air? Sure. At the if same time. Oh, at the same time, this is going to be good. I mean, I just don't. I don't it just no, turns my stomach. I don't want to. I it's kind of like a, I could probably take a drag off a cigarette right now, but oh. but, but when I when my dad made me do it when I was oh. little, it absolutely, like, felt, I thought I thought somebody started a fire in my lungs. I've never done it, but I'm never going to. Yeah. And it, I, I could probably take a dip right now, but the last time I dipped, oh, I puked my, God, I puked no. my, my, uh, my Casa Ole uh, enchiladas all over the church parking lot. Damn. It was mm. bad. Yeah. I could probably do it again. I'm not, I'm not going to be 38 and not eat a banana. Yeah, I, I can't do it, man. Yeah, somebody says show mine is coconut. I hate coconut, too. God, that's awesome. You'd be surprised as somebody who has been hefty most of his life, uh, uh, someone who most of my life was longing to be just husky. Uh, there are a lot of things that I just don't like. Well, you, oh, damn, you've done don't... a good job at 38 of getting, now you can be a husky model. Blackberries, raspberries, <laughs> none of it. I'm out. Yeah, you're going to be a plus-size model now. I'm out. I'm out. All right, listen. We got to get to uh, uh, our guy uh, Alex Bregman. Said some things about the uh, the young pitching staff that you have to hear. We'll let you hear that next. Sports Radio six ten presents the Drive with Sterner and Hughley. You could still you could still go back on the um, on the Odyssey app. Check out Wednesday uh, around three uh, around four fifteen. That was when Alex Bregman joined us. 4.15 around, uh, around 4.15 Wednesday on the Odyssey app when Alex Bregman joined us. You can catch that in full. He sat down with about 15, 15, 20 minutes, 15 plus. Oh, two came through, didn't he? Yeah, he came through. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, had a, we had a good conversation with him, and, and if you want to catch that, 
uh, in, in its entirety, you can go ahead and find that. But a couple of things he spoke about, by the way, is that, does anyone know, is that banner still up? That, that, I'll check on my way the home. The Verlander but I banner? I think so. <clears throat> You're talking about the Verlander recent. banner yeah, on the side it, of uh, Minute Maid? Is it still up? It was a few days ago. I know it was up for the entirety of FanFest, which was interesting, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, this is uh, this is Alex Bregman. He first spoke about this team's new ace. We asked him about Framber Valdez, if he's ready to take that next step to be this team's ace. He's a stud, man. He's a stud. I, he, the highest ground ball rate in the game. Him or McCullough is one of the two. They both get so many ground balls, it's crazy. Big-time sinker, big-time breaking ball. It's fun to play. Honestly, it's fun to play third base when Framber pitches because every single hitter I got a chance to, to get a ground ball, and it could be on any pitch. Mm. There you go, Framber, man. I, I that That is a wonder, right? Like, you know, is he ready? Like, he pitched last year like an ace, right? But, it, but Verlander was there. Yeah. Right. And he started all the game twos. Verlander was there. He was the he was their best starting pitcher by far in the postseason and, and finished fifth in the uh in the Cy Young voting. But it looks like they believe and and you know, sitting when you have him in front of you, not over the phone, when you got Alex sitting there in front of you, you could see he was very confident. Yeah. And in, in <clears throat> Framber Valdez. Oh yeah, no, look, there's there's no doubt about it. And and rightfully so. Um if Framber I mean, he's done everything but be that dude, right? I mean, in terms of, yeah. I'm talking about on the roster. I mean, all, all the stats and the performance and the production uh, have 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 been ace like, but but now he's he's all but done it. He's always had Grinky or or Verlander or some combination of the two um, on the roster, and now all of a sudden, boom, they're gone, and you're the you're the lead horse. And so, uh, yeah, man, I I think it's it's really cool to hear Bregman. Um, talk about it from the inside because, like you said, it's one thing, uh, you know, to you know they're going to say positive stuff about their guys regardless yeah. of of who it is. Or, uh, but man, when there, there's a lot of conviction in that, when he was sitting across the table from us or or uh, down away from us a bit there on on Wednesday, there that was, I, I think he was he was being legit when when he's you know talking about how good Framber is and will be. Yeah, Bregman also spoke about not just Framber, but all of the guys coming behind him, this young pitching staff that's going to include Framber, but also is going to include uh, Hunter Brown as a young guy and, and, and the rest of the crew that's, that's rolling through. This was uh, this was uh, Bregman with us the other day. No, we I do. Mean, we got a young staff, and it's honestly, it's one of the most, it's crazy because all the guys are so young, but all those guys have five-plus games World Series experience yeah. in them. So they've pitched in the biggest games. They've pitched in the biggest moments. And then they got a catcher behind the plate who knows each and every one of them like the back of his hand. And he's called games for them in the most pressure-packed environments and the most pressure-packed situations. So he knows how to get them back where they need to be. And um, Martin Maldonado has just done an unbelievable job for this pitching staff up and down. I mean, every single buddy, every single person on that roster who's a pitcher uh, is very thankful to have Martin Maldonado back there putting the fingers down. Yeah, and I, you know, I think he made a really good point there. Like, outside of Hunter, who even got some experience in the postseason out of the bullpen, but not as a starter. Like, these young guys, if you want to bring in, you know, put Urquidy in there and Christian yeah, Javier, yeah. like, they've pitched in the biggest games. I mean, yeah. the biggest games started the biggest games as well. So, I, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're young but very experienced, which – you feel like they're ready to take this next step even more than what they've done the last couple Yeah, th- th- that was interesting because I asked him the question show about, you know, basically Carlos Correa. I remember that moment when he when he somewhat, I, I call it checked. I don't mean it that, I don't mean it that way, but but just kind of like 
uh, you know, got got um, Frommer Valdez's mind right, and then Frommer got back on the bump and did his thing. And I was like, hey, you know, he left. Now I see that guy being you. Uh, we haven't had to see it, but now this there's a young staff in place. And that was his response was, yeah, but these dudes have had a ton of playoff experience. And I, I don't know, I guess I just – I constantly think about man. They're young. They're really. They're, they're for the most part. They're unproven. And and um, you know these guys. I'm, I'm talking outside of Fromber, obviously. Yeah. Um. And, and, well, and and, and McCullers. Yeah. There's a couple guys that are that you would call veterans. Those but but for two, the yeah. for the most part, I think I think the there's there's uh, uh you know the the three four five even the sixth starter in in this rotation is going to be you know a, a younger player. Uh, say younger, younger, inexperienced, hadn't hadn't necessarily been leaned on that heavy in the playoffs. And so um, it, it is interesting to think, well, if you reach in the playoffs, so they're a little bit more mature and a little bit more experienced and we'll probably give them credit for. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, man, it was, a, it was a good conversation. But that's going to be the change, right? When you got Verlander, uh, who won the Cy Young, who has been the ace of this team uh, when he's been healthy each year he's been here, that's a, that's going to be a new change in things. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's something to watch for. And um, – but I, I think everybody mostly here has confidence in what we've seen from these guys. Excuse me, Clint. I uh, this is a this was coming from the text line a little bit earlier. We had John McClain. If you missed it in the four o'clock segment, it was uh, it, uh it, it was good. We we talked to him, and I said to him, "What did you what What do you think is the biggest reason why uh, this this time this hiring cycle this process seems like it makes more sense?" As he used the word seems a little bit more legitimate and he immediately said he said Jack Easterby Jack Easterby being gone someone then texted in Clint did you hear did you hear John's show he just said Cully and Easterby belong to Jack maybe you should cut Nick some slack for walking into a mess and not trying to fix it just stop sensationalizing with all that smirky smack first off smirky smack smirky Smirkity smack, huh? Never heard that. First off, thank you for listening. <laughs> oh no! Second, Hold on, so second, if you if you want to believe that the biggest difference is Jack is not here, then that's fine, and I would even grant you the thought that that is a part of it. Me personally, I think the biggest difference is those two folks that are the owners, or at least representing the owners, Kyle, Kyle and Hannah McNair. They've taken much more of a uh, a more involved role in this piece. To me, that's the biggest reason why this thing is different. And I don't care what you say or who it is, I'm not cutting him any slack, even if this is true. Even if it was not even if David Cully and 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 and, and, uh, and Lovey Smith was none of his idea or, or Josh, Big Sandy, Texas. Thank you. Or Josh McCown was none of his idea. I'm not giving him any slack because he allowed some non-football dude to come in here and, and and make decisions like that to hurt this organization. So I'm not cutting him any slack for that. And I don't know why you do it. I don't know how you jump off the fact to just say, well, he's oh, his hands are clean off of that. Cal and Hannah McNair, to me, are the biggest difference of why this thing is looking like it makes sense this year. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I, I think Cal and Hannah have, have made it a point. And, look, I, I don't know how capable Cal and Hannah are of, of of getting the right head coach. I have no idea. But I do believe that they've made it a point of, look, we're, we're not going to embarrass ourselves through this through this process. Like, we're, we're, we're through with the silly games. We're going to interview the right candidates. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to go through a thorough process, and when we find our guy, 
the 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 timetable is finding the right guy. I I think I think you're spot on. Show they've they've made it a point to to be more involved and and not necessarily to 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 stand up, beat their chest, and make the decision. But in my opinion, it's to to simply stop the bleeding. Let, let this is going to be a thorough, professional, competent process that we're going to go through to get to a head coach. Now, look, I. I, and I agree wholeheartedly with you on, on the Nick Casario thing. Um, it, it's it, it'll forever. We talked about it when it was going on. Um, it it to, to today it still it still baffles me that Jack Easterby, who the first time I heard from Jack Easterby, red there was red flags everywhere. And I don't have I didn't have any reason to love or hate the guy. I didn't have any reason to. I'm just talking about my gut. And, and and I don't know how Nick Casario, Cal McNair, Hannah McNair sat across the table from Jack Easterby and allowed him to have any, any say-so. Like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know why you did it. Like, I don't know how you did that and, and allowed him to even have a seat at the table. And then walk up and then walk up and say, it was all my decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. walk up oh, and say, yeah. then turn and around then walk, and yeah. turn around and walk up and say, no, yeah. no, it was all me. I came up with David. Yeah, it, like that 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 just blows my mind. And, and that's not a – I'm not here to beat up on Jack Easterby. That's that's old news. It's low-hanging fruit. I, look, I don't get – it doesn't matter. Jack Jack is totally irrelevant at this point to me. But but when you look back at that scenario, the, the part that's left is you've got a general manager and, and a, a, a couple that own the team that, that – Less than a calendar year ago, sat across the table and listened to any degree, any degree, Jack Easterby have input into hiring a head coach. That that you can't, like that's not a, you can't just gloss over that. No, and last year they interviewed Heinz Ward, Joe Lombardi, who is the fired offensive coordinator of the Chargers now. Um, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, the only other viable candidate. Jonathan Gannon. Uh, and and Josh McCown. Like, I, I'm sorry, that's that's not just. And then yeah. ultimately, Lovey Smith. I'm sorry. Like in the meantime, you, Brian Dayball's taking the Giants to the playoffs. Doug Peterson's taking Jacksonville to the to playoffs. Him. Like like I to me, I'm not getting even if even if it's working the way you think it is. That texture, or or some of because you're not alone. There are others who've said this. Like he doesn't get slack if he's been bullied by Jack, by Jack Easterby to have that as his interviewing crew. And now we look at who they have. Who do they have interviewing this year? Everybody that everybody else is interviewing. Everybody yeah, that yeah. people believe I, are true. Like it, I don't think it's oh Jack Jack. Like if Jack bullied them around, I'm not cutting them slack. And and Colin and Colin Hannah, I'm not cutting them slack either. You're you're a part of it too. If if they allowed well, Jack they did. Easterby there's, to slide. there's no there's no if no, they, they did. They allowed I mean, Jack Easterby to yeah. slide in there. And I mean, run the sh- no, you two, don't get slack cut. Two for that. things. Th- two things can be true in this scenario, right? I mean, Cal and and, and Hannah are, are both. I would consider young owners relative to how long they've been doing it, and they hired and listened to the wrong damn people, and and it bit them in the tail. What what I, I can say that, and and I think that's blatantly obvious. I, I to be honest with you, I think both of them would tell you that. Um, if you read between the lines of some of the comments that have been made recently on uh, publicly on air, it's pretty obvious that that you know Jack was a problem. And looking back, they wish they wouldn't have hired the guy and wouldn't have listened to the guy. But but that's just that's my opinion. That's what I that's what I pulled from some of the comments that I've heard. Uh, take it for what it's worth. 
But but I believe they'd sit right here and tell you that, hey, look, we 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 made a big time mistake with Jack Easterby, and we made a we made several big time poor decisions while Jack was in the building. But I can also turn around and then say, I can commend you for recognizing that, getting the dude out of the building, and then ultimately being handcuffed to Nick Casario through a head coaching search to make sure you get it right. Yeah, I the, mean, it's it, it's. I don't know how you separate the two from the trailer will and frame text line. It's gonna get me frustrated. Um, don't let them do it. It's text line, uh, Bob. You guys are making me sick, gushing over Kyle and Hannah. They were in the job with this entire fiasco over the last four years, letting Bill ruin the franchise. I'm with Cal. Listen, I, I I know that. Listen, I, I I you do what you do, uh, person or whoever is out there. Like texter, you, texter, you can. I want to go person. Oh, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you can just say, "All right, they when they do bad stuff, they do bad stuff." But when they do stuff that makes sense, I'm still gonna just say they do bad stuff. No, when they did stuff that was stupid, I we crushed them, had no problem with it, crushed them. When they do things that make sense, I'll acknowledge that they've done things that are making sense. That ain't me gushing over him. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, one thing, showing showing gushing over nobody but his wife. All right? I ain't gushing over nobody. I'm just telling, I'm going to call it what it is. Like, last year, they did stupid things. This year, they're doing a lot of things that make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm gushing over them. I, gush. I ain't never done nothing to make you want to gush over me. No. No. Those cashews were good, though. <laughs> Those cashews are real good. All right, we'll give you the latest here. As things have changed in a favorable way for the Texans with their top candidate. Hell, they got a top candidate. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. 